Praise God. With man all things are impossible. With God all things are alone. All things, everything is possible with him. Um, the rich young ruler. Um, what I want to talk about tonight for a short while is this. Responding to the word of God and Jesus as saviour. Uh, with God-given opportunity to believe. Opportunities are given to believe on him and receive uh, that salvation. Responding to the good news then of salvation in the light of this man that came to the Lord. We see that Jesus Christ is, we know, God's son. He is also son of man. He is the only giver then of eternal life. This was the question that this young man wanted to the answer to. Uh, how can I gain eternal life? And only Jesus can give this, uh, which we know. So the first thing we see is this. He came to the right person because he said, good teacher. He recognized who Jesus was. He recognized the authority that Jesus had when he ministered the word. So after this, he came then with the right question because that was the question that he needed answering. So he came to the right person that could give the answer and he came with the right question with a view to his future. What was it that he could gain a benefit to him, not now, but in the future? It was the right question, but with the wrong understanding. And that's what we've got to realise as we look at what follows in the word. He, he said this. And it's, it's important to remember the actual words that he said. What good thing, you see, what good thing must I do, he said, to inherit eternal life? He felt that eternal life could be earned. That's what he said. What must I do? What can I do? What more can I do? How can I earn it? But we know we can't. It's not by works of righteousness, but by His grace alone. By the grace of God. Salvation is a free gift from God. Purchased fully and accomplished through the death, resurrection and the life of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. For us, for all, everlasting life to all who believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is their saviour. And this was the answer for him. This is what he needed to know. And this is what we've got to realise. Salvation can never be earned. Thank God. It's a free gift oh, yeah. given to us. We could never ever learn it. Sinful man can never rise above himself. Yeah. But in God, all things. You see, that's what God said. Jesus said, all things are possible. And that's encouragement too for us. All things, not some things, all things. And how true that is. Now, I want us to go to a dungeon, a cell, 
in Philippi in Acts 16. And I want us to see there a jailer who was under conviction of sin. Because looking at what we've just said in a similar vein to this young man, what happened there was, it was a question that he asked. He asked a question of two uh, believers who were beaten up, were bleeding, had been imprisoned in stocks before they were released by the earthquake, singing praises to God while suffering in that situation. That were speaking something of the love of God to a man who was hardened, a jailer, who was a Roman, ex-Roman soldier possibly. And it, it had an effect on him. And he fell down. And he fell down and he said, what must I do? To be saved, he realised he needed. What must I do now? In this case, it was a genuine looking towards what he needed. The conviction of sin in his life was telling him, "I need to get this sorted. I need to get it dealt with." And of course, the answer was Paul and Barnabas, who were the two that were suffering in Silas, sorry, in that situation. Well, simply said. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Believe on him. And you know the, the great encouragement and the delightful thing to this is that he believed in his whole family as well. And they were saved. Praise God. And we must trust and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we know that he came to the right person. We know that he came with the right question but the wrong understanding. But there's also something else. He came with urgency. Because if you look in the account of Mark, and we've read Matthew, it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. If we look at the three together, overall, we see something else here. He came with urgency. It says he came running. Running to get the answer to his need, to the question that he needed to know. Not only did he come running, it was that urgent for him. It says he knelt. He knelt down before the Lord. He knelt and subject to the authority uh, that the Lord had. He'd said that, good teacher, what must I do? And so he fell down at the feet of the one that had the answer to his need. To him, you see, it was a burning question. It was a burning question in his life that needed and required an answer. He, ha he wasn't settled, it, it wasn't right. Everything about what he was, what he did, what he tried to do, what he wanted to be all his life, and every situation wasn't working out. There was something more that he needed beyond what he was doing. And so you see, let's look then at what he had the man he was. It tells us this. First, that he was rich. In other words, he had the wealth. So he had all of that. And then also tells us he was young. So because of this, he had a future to spend it as well. And also it adds something else. He was a ruler. So this gives him status and morally good in the community that he lived in. You see, in other words, he had it all. He said, what more do I lack? See, in the natural sense, 
He had it all. But in the spiritual understanding, he had nothing. Mm. So you see, you've got to come to the end of natural reasoning to get a hold of spiritual understanding, to see that nothing we can do is of value. We cannot accomplish anything outside of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. But in him, we can accomplish all things. So he had it all, except one, except one thing that he didn't have, but it was vital to him, the answer to his question, the answer that he was looking for. In other words, what he was saying, what more, what more? What was missing then? What was missing? You see, we know what was missing, because a life is incomplete without Jesus Christ in the centre of it. Mm. That's what we've got to remember. A life is incomplete unless Jesus Christ is first, central and foremost in every part of our experience. Now, to his question, Jesus give an answer. Only God is good, because he said good teacher. So Jesus obviously pointed to his father as God is good. Although he is and has the answer. So that had to be put right in its right perspective for him to understand. I'm not good, although he's a sinless son of God. And he was. God is first and foremost. If you're keeping the commandments, if you're doing everything that God says, if you want to be everything that God wants you to be, give him first place. Always give him first place. And that's what Jesus was pointing out to him. That was really what Jesus was saying to him. Put God first and all the rest falls into place. It always will. But we must put him first. <clears throat> now, Jesus' answer was, keep the commandments. We've seen that. If you want it to enter into life, he said, if you want this life, keep the commandments. Here is an interesting thing. Because you see, he and us and all that come to this position have to live our lives according to God's word. We cannot live our lives any other way but in the authority and from the authority of the word of God. And this is what Jesus again was pointing to him. How important it was. Now notice in verses 18 and 19 of our reading this. In answer to Jesus, the answer Jesus gives are this with the commandments. They are to do with the first five. There's ten commandments. But they do with the first five, which is man against his fellow man. Why did Jesus then say, do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal, honour your father and mother? Why did Jesus point him to all to do with man? Why not anything against God? Why? Well, this is it. Because in answering the man, you see, the man had already broke the first commandment because he made an idol out of his wealth. The first commandment, nothing before God. 
You shall not have any graven image, any possession, anything before him. He'd already broke it. Jesus was drawn from him. A very important lesson for him to realise. Oh, it's not what you've done. It's not what you're doing. You need to be focused and get your attention on the, the need to do what God wants you to do, not what you want to do, where your fellow man is concerned. Yes, he was keeping the commandments. Yes, he was living a good life. Yes, he was doing what God said. But it had not settled him in himself. Yet it, well, it's obvious why it hadn't. Because it was external. It wasn't internal. See, it wasn't the work that was done within. This is what Jesus was pointing out to him. Not what we do. It's what we are in him. He'd already broke that. He made an idol of his wealth. Now, verse 20, where the commandments were concerned, this is what he said. All these have I kept. You know, a marvellous thing. He kept them. He'd, he'd done according to what the Lord said. And to his mind, he'd done it all. See, what more he said. What more can I? Notice again where the emphasis is. What I can do. See, it's all of him. It's all of self. If Jesus has to get out of him, him, and get across what he needs to be. Where he needs to be by knowing the Lord. Now, that's so important to remember. Jesus has shown him he had not kept the spirit of the commandments. He kept them as he could. But the principle of the commandments, he had. Because he put wealth before anything else. He put possessions before what he needed to. He hadn't got a hold of the word as it should have been interpreted. He hadn't got a hold of the truth. And so Jesus, if you come to Jesus and ask that question, what must I do? You have to be ready and open and willing to respond and receive the answer. And we all have when we know him. We came to him with a question. And he answers that question. He answered it. The day of salvation. Mm. Praise God. The day we responded. Mm. Everything we did mattered no more. Of course it didn't. Because it was a new life and a new beginning. And a new way. And Jesus had this in his mind for this young man. You know there was something about him. And Jesus recognised that. We'll see this. Because what he said was. You see. All these things have I done. What do I still lack? We've seen that. I lack something. What is it? Now here comes the crunch. This is the crunch of the whole situation. And it comes with a choice. He has to make a choice. Because Jesus puts him in that position where he has to choose. What's right, what isn't. What he needs, the answer to his question. You see, conversion is a crisis of one's conscience. It always is. When you're conscious of your need of doing something, and you feel that you cannot, you see, there's always this, the simple part of our life will always tell us no. But that inner part that wants the answer to what we need to know 
will say yes. <laughs> you see, this is what Jesus was saying. Man, you've got a choice. You've got a big choice. And of course he had. And it was a crunch in that respect because it was his future that was going to depend on it. Not what he was, but what he would be. What God wanted him to be. What the Lord would love him to be. But he had to do it. He himself had to do it. You see, a complete change is required in receiving salvation. Verse 21, Jesus said, You lack one thing. He's done well to lack one thing. Yes. Keeping all the rest. You know, he really had. I mean, you know, morally in every respect, he was probably the best. But where it mattered, he wasn't. And this is where it has to count. You see, Jesus said, you lack one thing. And in Mark, Jesus looked at him. It tells us this. Jesus looked at him. Have you thought about the Saviour's gaze? Hmm. Have you thought about the Saviour's gaze? What effect that would have on him, the love of the Son of God, coming through to him, for him. Hmm. What expression if the common people loved the words that Jesus gave. If they all gathered together to hear how the, the ministry that come from a heart of love, uh, the heart of God through his son. What gaze was it? So you see immediately Jesus focused his attention on this man. And that in itself would speak to him. For what the authority and the strength of the words were followed. And it says this, he looked upon him and he loved him. Why? Well, he was sincere. That's why he loved him. That's the sad thing about this man. His sincerity was great. He meant it, but he just couldn't get to the point of dealing with it. And Jesus loved him. He was sincere and desirous for the right answer. Now Mark adds something else. Mark adds this, very significant. He says this, Jesus said, take up the cross. Not only sell all, which Jesus said, give it all away, but suffer him. And then he said, follow me, follow me. Now, a complete reversal from everything in the natural to nothing, to spiritually the answer to everlasting life. Although possessions remained his downfall, to give to the poor, yes he could. To bear the cross, maybe. But to sell all, he could not. He couldn't go to the extreme of giving it all and following the Lord. That's us. We've nothing of ourselves. We're nothing in ourselves, but in him we have all things. And all things are possible. We have every opportunity that arises in our ministry 
that he gives us and all of these things and we on that day when we believed on him we give up all that because we realized it meant nothing but in him it's everything this is a new life and a beginning that's the answer that's eternal life knowing the lord jesus christ and following him so yes maybe that is the situation he had great possessions just before i conclude i want to give two examples and uh, to illustrate really what I've, I've just said and the first one is to do with uh, a man called Cole and when I first came into the I don't know whether I remember but when I first came into the fellowship many years ago <laughs> was a lot younger there was this man called Cole and he was an Indian and he left a fortune because he was a Mararaja soon. He had the wealth phenomenal because of his position. He would inherit when his dad died a vast amount, boundless in that sense, as far as wealth was concerned. And when I marveled about him, yes, knowing the Lord, give it all. He had everything that he could have ever wanted if he'd kept his old life. But he lived, well, he worked as a pastor in the Assemblies of God Church in Durham. And of all places <coughs> in Durham, it was where it's even been known as snow during the summer. Do you know where that is? <coughs> Consett. Consett County Durham. From India, where he had the wealth of a lifetime to be stuck up in Durham because the Lord had called him to be a pastor of a little church right in the heart. You see, what matters most? What matters more? The Lord Jesus Christ matters all. Now, secondly is this, because I've just read the book and uh, it again spoke to me about a tremendous man of God. And we know about him quite well because a film was made called Chariots of Fire. And that was the life of Eric Little, or the first main part where he was running uh, as a runner. And we know this, that in 1924, he won the Olympic gold in the 400 meters in a race he had initially never trained for on a principle of his Christian conscience that he would not run on a Sunday. Mm. That was the date of his original race. But he wouldn't run on the Lord's day because he honored the Lord. So what he had to do was train for a different race and a different distance. And what happened? Well, we know full well. He won that medal. He became a national hero literally he had a great future ahead of him in athletics this was proved in, in many instances as a runner he was a phenomenal runner and he had all of that ahead of him he had a great future and he gave it all up because it didn't mean anything to him and he gave it all up to live and work 
and die entombed by the Japanese in an obscure Chinese town as a missionary. He went to a mission as a missionary and died entombed by the Japanese. Well ahead of his years. He wasn't very old himself. But you see, in that situation, he ranked missionary responsibilities ahead of his running. And he was asked this by a reporter. I'm always asking him these questions. And it was this. Do you miss the glamour? Do you miss the victory? Do you miss all of that which comes with the success what you've done? And this was his answer, and I'll just read it out. This was the answer that he gave to that man. He said, a fellow's life counts more at this than the other. See, it mattered more to him to do what the Lord wanted him to do than to be what he felt he needed to be. And that comes to the same position. This young man, if he'd just done that, if he'd just let go, give it up and let God, it would have been the answer to his need. Like many before us, you know, and... <coughs> Jesus said in verse 23, to his disciples. It's hard to give up riches. The rich young ruler we know. But what about us? It's difficult to let go what we know. It's true. Because we're sure on what we know. But it's that step into the unknown. The step of faith that's going to make the difference. And we've got to give up even now. As believers, some things, maybe. We cannot put anything ahead of God. We must put him first in that situation. And this is what he said to his disciples. But something great in significance was this. He said, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things, verse 26, are possible. So we let go and let God have it all. What's required is a complete surrender of one's will to allow the Holy Spirit to dictate to our heart the requirement to be saved. We do not have to give anything up. The decision makes way by the change in our new lifestyle. We willingly give it because we've found the answer to our need. It's settled. Settled in Jesus Christ. And that's what we know tonight. We have that encouragement. All things are possible in God. So there's a future. We're in the future. We have eternal life. That is our future. Because thank God when we came with a question and it was answered, we believed and found salvation. So that's our encouragement tonight. But there are those who don't. There are those who need to know. So that adds our responsibility to be able to tell us of the love that God has for them. And the things we once did, we do them no more. Why? Well, there's no price on peace of mind and heart. Experience. When Jesus Christ is first 
and foremost in your life. And I ended it, the choice is yours. Mm. It is, the choice is and always will be. And 